Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. We're joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info, but we do have yet another special guest and what's becoming a trend. This time, it's uh, a, a closer guest, a more personal guest. Uh, we're welcoming another team member who you may have heard this guy before. You probably should have. Dan, who uh, is from, I guess we'll call it Hot Shots fame. How you doing, Dan? Hey, what's up, Vince? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Scott? Good. It's good to have the uh, the greater team here, and although we were planning on having Mark as well, unfortunately, scheduling happens. So, unfortunately, we don't have as many as we had hoped for, but we're glad to have Dan on the show. Excited to be here. Yep. So, speaking of excitement, um, <laughs> gentlemen, we... There's been a lot of things going on the last few days. Just just a couple things in the world of Transformers TCG. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to throw up on here the, um, the the brief overview of our agenda for tonight. I know there's a lot of spoilers. We're not going to get to them in this show. We'll definitely circle back to them. But for now, guess what, everybody? We uh, yeah, we have official organized play, and it's pretty awesome. So. We want to touch on a number of different things. Scott had suggested a lot of these topics, so we're going to kind of free flow through them unless you guys want it to be a little more regimented about it. I'll take that I mean, as a no. <laughs> I mean, I, you have the list, so... Yeah, so the, the basic things, just to give everybody ahead of time so you have an idea of where we're going, because I anticipate that we're kind of going to jump back and forth between certain things, but general initial impressions of the organized play initiative as we found out yesterday how we think it's going to impact the landscape of the game the uh exciting part at culmination at the end of the year for the energon invitational and then of course one of the new tournament structure editions i guess tournament format editions floor rules that sort of thing for sideboarding um a lot of these will interrelate which is why i was leading this off with I expect that we're going to bounce around between topics. But Dan, since you're the newcomer here, let me give you first crack at it. What were your initial impressions when you saw everything that was announced? Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I was uh, working on a roof yesterday and Scott had sent me the message and I had stopped everything I was doing to read it. And um yeah, I, I, I couldn't be more giddy about it. Uh, <laughs> this is everything we, you know, have been hoping for, uh, and yeah. probably a little more. I'm right. just uh, over-the-top excited about it. Yeah, what about you, Scott? Were you as in, as thrilled? You, you gasped and had to take a moment? I was at lunch. <laughs> um, I knew that would happen. Um, <laughs> well, that seems to, to happen whenever you're in the middle of doing something work, whether it's lunch or a meeting, then exciting news drops. And I felt bad about the person I go to lunch with because I like I just didn't want to like be on my phone the whole time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so I put it down and waited till I got back to the <laughs> See, um, like like a good, courteous, polite person. <laughs> yeah. So um I'm sure she appreciates it. Um I, I would this is definitely more impressive than I gave it credit for. Like um what I I guess not what I gave it credit for, but I guess what I assumed would happen. Right. Um I mean, the cash alone, I think, uh, is where it was what impresses me that they were willing to immediately go to that route um, instead of um, lots of product. Right. 
I mean, and I do like that there is product involved, especially like uh, mm. the the siege product and getting it like three weeks ahead of time. Like that's obviously yeah. awesome. Um, and I do like the. I mean, I, I guess it's cool that you get toys for top eating the uh, the finals. Um, I would okay. Uh, <laughs> Since you brought it up, real quick thing, I really wish it was the uh, the masterpiece prime, the new one. Now I understand why that's like a four hundred five hundred dollar toy. Um, uh, as he did say in the interview, he said in the interview, it's going to be like impressive toys, like so. Oh, okay. Because in the in- I'll have to go back to the announcement. I could have sworn I saw that it was specifically the siege toys, which maybe it is. You know, like those know. are pretty cool. Don't get me wrong, but there's a difference between the one you could get at say Walmart and the masterpiece one. But but isn't but, like the Omega Supreme like going to be like three hundred dollars, and that might be part of it? For it example? could be like, if they if it's yeah. technically part of the siege line, yeah, because that's a um, a Titan class, so. Which is very obviously those ones large, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As the name would imply, they're kind of big. <laughs> so my my point was all that stuff. I I is what I expected, and mm. like uncut sheets or like things like that. Um, but not just straight cash. Yeah, that did I mean, take me by surprise. Like, you know, mm. Yeah, and and the fact that like and 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 I guess this is confirmed through the Drew interview, like in a way, um, that. I mean, they're totally like this is not coming from the third party. Like this is coming. I don't know if the cash is actually coming from Wizards, but I mean, like the idea of it and everything was coming from them. Right. So they understand the value, and like what I liked is that they understand the the need for it. I mean, mm-hmm. like it, I, I don't want to dive into two of them. I mean, like there's a great interview with um, I guess technically pronounced Sabertron.com. It's not Cybertron. I don't know. Yeah, Cybertron. Um, I, I, yeah, something like that. I know what you're talking. Um, the SEI. Maybe, maybe Cybertron.com was taken, Scott. No, I mean it's copyrighted. But <laughs> well, um, yes. <laughs> SEI. Yeah. Um, I know what you're talking it, about. So, so go ahead. It really just implies they've been working on this for a while. Between, um, for sure. Between sideboards, between tournament play between all the ideas they had it just sounds like everything's been interconnected for like longer than i think we've given it credit for mm-hmm. um i guess the other thing that impresses me the most is that there's the store level events as well yes so so i i have to admit that like because i'm going to origins this doesn't mean as much to me like i'm i'm pretty confident I, i'll be qualified like for <laughs> the packs unplugged event like but I, for other people, like, I understand why this is, like, such a big deal. Like, you can just play in your local game store and the winner gets in. And I'm sure it's mm. actually going to be, like, extremely competitive in certain areas. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, Especially given, like, I don't know how many... I, I heard a rough number as to how many stores were, like, had gotten kits. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, they're all going to run events. So, like, in certain areas and in certain places where, like, the person wouldn't likely come to PAX Unplugged for whatever reason, even though I probably would, no matter where I lived. Mm. Um, it may just work out the way. But I mean, I really believe in certain areas that have a good amount of players, but not a good amount of stores, it's going to bring some serious competition to the table for the for those events, because each store can only have one event. Right. So I know it probably, it doesn't feel like a PTQ type thing to me but that's because i guess i'm lucky that i'm going to be at these conventions mm-hmm. so it's it's not like clearly the conventions are your best way to to qualify so i just think yeah store support in some of these areas is going to be huge and a lot bigger again than i assumed it would be yeah the that's actually what and i don't want to steal your thunder if you had other thoughts scott no no, no um no. 
I don't want to say surprised because looking at the announcement, it makes sense. And given the requirements that, okay, well, it's Origins, it's Gen Con, and it's planning for packs at the end of the year. There aren't really any other conventions to do the big destination event that Drew has and John have alluded to previously. They could have just not with pastimes running it. Like they could have gone to TFCon, but they're not going to uh, do it. Right. Either, so. Yeah, so yeah. But my point is that it it's uh, to the store side of things that it wasn't surprising to me. I I'm struggling to find another word because it, it's. It's cool that they're doing it because it gives all those people these additional opportunities. Because otherwise, it would be okay. Well, you got these two events, or that sucks. You you can't make it, or you'll have your last chance qualifiers. Which yeah, it would do this. It would limit it to thirty two players. Yeah, and at this stage, to my knowledge, I haven't seen anything since the announcement yesterday as to what the exactly what those last chance qualifiers are going to be, how many there are exactly, just that they will be there, and presumably not that many. I, I'm going to assume it's going to be something similar to what we're going to be playing in at Origins, where the top X people make it, and there's still prizes to pass down, etc. Presumably, yeah. So, I mean, the the consistency of the format is also to be expected, but the, the store-level thing really jumped out to me in that it's encouraging the local scenes in that way. It's not just, oh, we'll go to these big events. It, to me, it's really cool that, okay, the stores that have been supporting the game, trying to build communities... And all the things that we've said on the show in the past, and Dan, I know you guys have said it as well, that build up your local communities, support your local communities, and, well, here's an opportunity to for the official first party to encourage that as well, even more so than what they were already doing. Yeah, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with uh, what Scott was saying, too. I think we're fortunate because we have, you know, like, realistically, four or five, six stores, maybe, that can hold these events. So for us locally, we're going to have a ton of opportunities if, you know, we weren't going to Origins or Gen Con. But, you know, out in Seattle, for example, they might only have, you know, one store in town, which means yeah. they're only going to have one event, which means only one of those guys can get that invite. Right. So I, I totally agree with what Scott said about that. It's Those, those games are going to be, uh, they're going to be tough, tough, tough competition. Absolutely. Tough competition at those events, you know? And because of the... Depending on the geographical area, it's entirely possible that people are going to make that event when it gets announced for the local ones. That is their destination thing. They'll drive however many hours to go play in it because maybe that's their only opportunity. Similar to what you had said, Scott, that it, you know you, you make a weekend go, out of going to a PTQ sort of thing. That's Pro Tour qualifier for those that don't. Yes, I should have said that. <laughs> apologies. I it, so yes, we I do. <laughs> we do tend to do that. So apologies out there, yeah. everybody. Um, but it, point being is that there's, if you can't make those two big events, you do have other opportunities. Although, as Scott and Dan are outlining, it's not just going to be walk in and take candy. It, it could be a slugfest because of how important these things are. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not going to be taking candy at Origins or Gen Con either. You still have well, to make for sure. top 16. You know, it's, it's still a, a tough feat to do. Yes. So, moving and from... Beyond, oh, go ahead, Scott. Just to, just to piggyback off something else, like, our area might have a lot of them, but there's also a lot of players. So, like, yeah, yeah. like there's going to be that. Like, um, so, you know, it, that everything comes together. Like, the reason... If your area is dearth with players, it's going to be dearth with uh, 
with events, and it's just going to be harder. So right, right. Well, it's, it's the same thing. Like if even if there are six events, that's still only six players right, that get the invite. Right. right. And I, I guess I would just recommend that you talk to your stores about trying to spread them out as best as possible over the next three months. So it's not like you're inundated in the first month with all this. Yeah. If literally uh, everyone has their event on the same weekend sort of thing, that's right. awkward. Right. So <laughs> just coordinate as best as possible. And we, we've already started doing that in our area, mm. which we kind of do anyway, but um, right. you know, slightly more important now. Yeah. And I would also, I would also say, how do I put this? <laughs> this is a bigger deal than your weekly event, so don't do it on like a Wednesday night. Yes, <laughs> that is a hundred percent true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's worth as we said. If this is if you want to try and draw those people in, make it easy for people to get there. <laughs> don't don't do it in yeah. the middle of the work week. Um, so. More specifically, let's talk a little bit. I wanted to pick both of your brains about the the format itself just briefly. So as of right now, for Origins, it's going to be four qualifying events for the Open that's on the weekend, which then hands you an invite, assuming you top 16, to PAX Unplugged, including a badge, including some other prizes, and a chance to get some really cool stuff, which we'll touch on when we get that far. You both had said that it, it kind of took you by surprise that, and it did me as well, the specific structure, what they were willing to invest. Is this your ideal? Do you feel that, it, would you have done it any differently? Is this, you know, picture perfect right out of the gate? I mean, I don't know their finances, but I mean, like, if they're <laughs> well, willing, if they, I mean, I, the only thing I would have done differently was announce Origins a little bit earlier. But Fair. I mean, <laughs> other other than that, um, it's fine with me. I don't care. I mean, like, it, it's perfect for me. I mm. mean, like, as far as I'm concerned, every qualifier, like, you're playing to make $125 or whatever it is, whatever the 32, 617 through 32 prizes. Like, mm. if you top eight one of the qualifiers, besides getting 80 prize tickets, which is like the equivalent of like almost two boxes, or no, eight. More than two boxes, right? Yeah, more than two boxes. I'm two glad you remember that because I don't remember what the the rate was on those. <laughs> What's well, It's I think I think a ticket's essentially equal to a pack. So like 80 tickets is almost three bo- three boxes. Okay. So not only are you winning like almost three boxes of product or whatever else you want off the prize wall, um, but you're basically guaranteed to win 125 dollars for top eating one of the qualifiers. Yes. That passes down. I mean, like how I don't know how you like. Anybody that's considering going, like, I don't understand how you could argue with that. Like, I, I don't, I'm not one of these type of people, and I've had a lot of arguments with friends in the past, like, it's <laughs> like, I'm going to pay this amount to, for gas, and this amount for my hotel, and this amount for this, and I need this to break even. Like, it, this is not, like, if you're, if you have skill and you feel like you're good enough at this game, like, you should be saying the minimum I'm walking away with is a box and $125 from one of the qualifiers, let alone that you can also play in all of them and you can't win more money. Like that only goes up by winning rounds in the, in the open final, but like you'll get more product and things like that. Like this is, this right. is a slam dunk as far as I'm concerned. And I'd be in agreement with you. Do you feel the same way, Dan, or were you looking? And this is kind of where I was phrasing the question a little bit. Um, does, do you guys feel that it makes sense to do the, the qualifier for qualifier approach kind of thing, where would it have made more sense to do just 
at Origins, there's X number of qualifiers for the Energon Invitational, which instead of feeding um, into the one event and then into the Invitational. Well, I mean, even coming from, uh, like, we'll say WoW, you know, we all play WoW in right. this room, uh, they had, like, room qualifiers. Yep. Um, now, now, granted, they were spaced out, you know, for a couple months, and then you get to, everyone who qualified for Realm Championships got to go and play in Realm Championships. Yep. Now, this is a little different. It's, you know, this is kind of like, um, you know, it's like queuing for Realm, Realm Championships in the same weekend. But it, it's still it, it's still pretty good, if you ask me, because it, it's going to make that competition on Sunday as high as it needs to be, right? Oh, yeah. So I, I think I think the idea of trying to break in to be able to play on Sunday is a really big deal, and I think I don't think it should just be like anyone can play in this because like why not? Um, I, I I don't mind it having to be earned. Yeah, that there's a little bit of prestige attached to it as well, aside from all the the, the physical prizes that Scott was talking about a minute ago. Yeah, it's you know it's even if even if you don't do well in the top eighty two, you can still be one of the guys like hey I you know I top eighty that event and I was able to play in the main event on Sunday. You know, like, I was able to do it. I was able to take a shot at it. I think that's something that may be underrated and is also important as a, a community growth sort of thing, to me, at least. Um, no, it is. It's it, it's a yeah. big deal. If, if you're able to do it, because I, I assume that anyone going to Origins is most likely going to be playing in every single one right. of these preliminary events. So, you know, if, if you're able to, to cut into the top eight and get that invite, it's something to be proud of, for sure. It's nothing to, to, to look over. Yeah, I would, uh, and it's something, and that's where I'm going with the community outreach, the community building, that it is something to say, hey, I went to Origins, you come back to your local group, and it's like, you're the local champion sort of thing. You know, you can hang your hat on something or put it on your wall or whatever cliche you want to use. And then it's also, it helps, to me, it helps your community because it puts a friendly target on that guy. So it's like, oh, well, that's the big dog at my shop. Well, I'm going to, they're now the measuring stick. So I want to go to the next event and do what he or she did or, or beat them at my local event, that sort of thing. So it it builds like healthy competition, even if those people weren't able to necessarily make it to an event. Well, even to a greater extent, it might it, it might incentivize others to go to the bigger yes. events. You know, like, oh, man, he, if he can do it, you know, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can go and, and play in those events, you know? like, And that's, I think, that's a big deal, too. Absolutely, yeah. I think that, to me, it, I wouldn't have gone in, and again, uh, looking back on it, yeah, this the way that Wizards and Pastimes have constructed this makes a lot of sense. I don't think I would have come up with this, so my hat's off to them to, of how they've structured this. Um, yeah, it's like I said at the beginning, like, I was without a doubt, blown away that it was to this extent. Yes. It's it's everything that, that we could have ever wanted, and then so much more. Yeah. Like, to have all of this announced at one given moment of, we are going to have these preliminary events to get into this main event, and then invites from this main event to play at an event at the end of the year, it's just, if they set up the whole year, like, we now have something to look forward to as competitive Transformers players. Like, we, we, like, we have all year to go, man, I cannot wait for PAX Unplugged. And it, it builds to it, it the way it's yeah. structured, which definitely yeah. builds the anticipation and the fun. It, it It's impressive, it, is really the, the most concise way that I can put it. Yes, I agree. But see, in all my years, I've been to both types of events, right? So I've been to the, everyone shows up in one place and plays in one thing. If you scrub out of that one thing, what are you going to do for the rest of the weekend? Draft? Yeah. Like, like what, what's the rest of your weekend look like? What's the rest of your weekend look like here? Oh, Next day, I get to play in another one where I already saw 
what did well in the first one if I really can't come up with my own strategies. Like, mm. I mean, this is such an advantage for, like, a player. These conventions, honestly, like, without this can sort of be boring. Like, like you play in your one thing or however many things you're going to play, in, and then you're like, I'll go to the dealer hall or I'll do whatever. Now there's events all weekend, whether you're qualified or not, yep. that are high-ticket items, no pun intended, um, <laughs> that are, like, competitive throughout that you have the opportunity to play in qualified or not like like and and it's an opportunity like if you don't have a good day like i mean i mean we don't know what the gen con schedule is gonna look like yet but right like, for origins if you don't have a good thursday or friday let's just say like okay you come back the next day on saturday there's two of them like if you don't have a good morning because you're not feeling well like go back to sleep for a few hours and come back yeah like, exactly it's not just one. It's not just one and done. Yeah, and if we can assume, if we can assume the information is going to be out there, like if they're going to release what the top eight is of Thursday and then what the top eight is of Friday, it's just like you said. Like you can come in Saturday morning and be like, all right, well I know what the meta is. I can prepare for that. Yep. Yeah, the it'll be definitely interesting to track through the weekend as people adjust and adapt and evolve to what showed up on day one versus what ultimately shows up on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other. That's a whole other game itself, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, we did see a microcosm of that at PAX Unplugged this past year where, yeah. you know, decks, <laughs> even within that very short time frame, evolved and changed. And people said, hey, this is what's winning. I need to figure out how to do whatever it is to get me some Ws. Yeah. Right. It'll be the same thing, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it... Every time that I look at the announcement and listen to you guys talk about it and listen to other people talk about it or read about it, there's always more things that get me more amped about the entire thing. And well, it's incredible. Well, even just to go uh, skip a little bit ahead here, think about this. It's the first event for sideboards, right? Yeah. So no one's going to really know what everyone's going to be sideboarding. Well, guess what? After they release decklist on Thursday and Friday, people are going to have a pretty good idea on Saturday what people are side decking. But also a preview for later, and I'm sure you guys are going to agree with this, that just taking the sideboard isn't necessarily, just like just picking up a deck list isn't going to necessarily give you the percentage points that you need. No, but I'm just saying, yeah. no, I get what you're saying. An, they're going to have an idea of what's going to be there. Yep. Yeah, it, it's definitely interesting. So the, the obvious things that I have to ask, is there, <laughs> two out of three is making us all happy, right? Did You guys didn't want to see anything else? Yeah. Um, oh, well, what do you mean? Well, yes. it, we're not, obviously not best of, not best of ones. Oh, yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Come on. Anything longer? <laughs> like, we what, did it ever enter your mind to do three of five? No. no. Okay. I ask because these maybe, are not maybe like for the finals. Yeah, that's about it. I think the finals should be a longer time. That's all. That, like, I don't know if that's listed in the floor rules or whatever, but mm -hmm. that's the only thing that should change. Yeah, I think I think you can do it in ninety minutes or something like that. Okay. Yeah, the uh, the floor rules for anybody who's not aware uh, were released. Well, like an hour before, a couple hours before yeah, we went live, five minutes ago. Yeah, so uh, yeah. we haven't had the time to completely digest them. So apologies if we're off a little bit on that end. Um, so any other initial thoughts about the structure as a whole before we look at how this is going to impact, say, you know, other events or the game in general? No, not about the not about the format. Other than I guess. If you are at all considering going to these events and you're and you care about like what the entry fee is to these conventions, like if you're listening to this podcast, I expect you to go to these, to these <laughs> conventions if you're, if you're able to. Like if not, you're just you're just hurting yourself, honestly. 
There, there's something yeah. to be said for the fact that it is, especially to your earlier point, Scott, that given the nature of these, it's not, I'm signing up to go to this expensive convention, air quotes, and then I'm paying to get into this tournament, and then I go to and drop, and then what do I do all weekend? Well, you play in the next event. Yeah, now you, you have all these <laughs> alternatives, like, you have opportunities to redeem yourself, whether, you, you know you really should feel that way or not. Like you can get right back in there and get back on the horse. So that I mean, yeah. you, you, you charge back, go three, two, and still, I think get 10 packs or something ridiculous. Well, it, yes, there's also that <laughs> I was comparing it to like old PTQs again, where it's, you know, yeah. a ton of rounds and O2 drop right. scenarios, that sort of thing. Obviously right. you're not doing that here. That that's not a good idea. Don't, don't do that. You can also show up every morning and get your two free packs and just, Turbo it. <laughs> that was stunning to me that that's a, a thing, but it's really cool that it is. Um, just to, to quickly, and uh, the thing that I think will change most about the game is that I think the game now more than ever is going to grow. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the this announcement and this magnitude of an announcement, for anyone that's a competitive card player in general that's going to start seeing these things and seeing these prize pools and I just can't imagine that we're not going to see a lot more faces show up pretty quickly. Absolutely. I mean, this I can't imagine this pushing people out in any capacity. It's only going to say, hey, that's really cool. I want a piece of that. Or Then you clearly don't go on Facebook. No, no on. I don't go on Facebook. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Um, so even, here's the thing, with, and, and I'm not going to speak for anybody or anything like that, but even if you're a casual player, this... This doesn't hurt you in any which way, shape, or form. Correct. It doesn't. It's You can still be a casual player. You can still show up on a Friday night or a Wednesday night. It doesn't matter. You can play with your friends and be casual, and that's completely fine. But for the people that did want to see competitive play and did want to see cyborgs and you know they wanted all these things, then it's just something we wanted. It doesn't mean that you have to hate it. It doesn't mean you have to do it. If you don't, if you don't want to do it, then just don't do it. You know. Right. I mean, do you, want to, do you want me to play logical devil's advocate or for an opinion I don't agree with, or no? It, it, it doesn't, it, the point is, is that, like, if they don't want to play, then they just don't play, right? Like, that's, no one's making them go to Origins. No one's making them go to Gen Con. Like, if you don't want to do that, then don't do that, you know? No, but I'm just going to play devil's advocate. I don't sure, sure. agree with this. Stat. That's fair. Um, That's fine. Oh, uh, no. I, but I will, <laughs> you didn't even say it yet. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing to agree with yet. Yeah, Um. Yeah. I believe I believe the competitive level of the local event will increase because of this. Because if you only have so many opportunities to actually play the game, what are you going to do? Not practice the sideboard format because I'm going to go play whatever, like Combiner Wars? I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, that's not going to happen anymore because people only have so many opportunities to play. So I'm not going to say it's irrelevant to the people that don't want to play in that level because I just feel like the people that are on the fringe about wanting to like not super hardcore like us but the people that are the tier you know the tiers that weren't all in to begin with are just going to want to have as many opportunities to play at that level of competition even if it's the local weekly thing right. as possible i mean i hope that's correct i'm just saying it doesn't have to happen that way i, I understand i just think that's what's going to happen like so i i'm not saying i don't think the fears that people are putting out there are wanted, like obviously because i'm probably representing the people that they think are bad or whatever but i mean like <laughs> in the end like, i do believe the overall competitive level of the game will increase much higher than it is 
just because of those reasons. Well, there's, there's of course, an incentive now, whereas previously it was always this amorphous hypothetical that eventually we'll get something. Now there there is something. So, yeah, the people are now incentivized to try and walk the competitive path, whereas previously yes. maybe so, it was just, I'll show up with whatever the hell I feel like because I want to. I, I, I was there when the Pro Tour started. I can just tell you this is what happens in the beginning until, like, you develop players. It goes in cycles. Let's of course, that way. But it, but I'm sure what's going to happen in the beginning is the competitive level is going to increase. Of yeah, course. and I think even if you like quickly compare it to Magic, like at this point, the Magic casual scene is like EDH, right? Like it's that format where like anybody can pick up a deck and play it. Mm-hmm. So like since we don't have that yet, I could see that in the near future, it's just mostly based in the competitive world. Possibly. I yeah, mean, like, depending on the, the local scene, like the, the individual area, the quantity of players, the desires mm-hmm. of those players, oh. like it's going to vary greatly for obvious reasons. So yeah, of course. I, I definitely see where the points you guys are raising, but it's going to depend on the people in at the end of the day, who yeah. in that area wants to do what and how do you manage your local scene? Yeah, which at the end of the day is it that's... That's completely up to them, right? I mean, right. All, all I'm trying to say is that, like, if you don't want to play in competitive scene, then that's fine. Like, you just, you know, you just don't do that. Yeah. That's all. And there's nothing to say, and this is just tacking on to what you're saying, Dan, that you can't continue in the more casual focus capacity that you may or may not have been in to begin with. Like, yeah. it, these events do not have to straight up replace whatever you're doing. Yeah, I understand to Scott's too, point sure. that where... People might feel it would, but it doesn't have to, is the bottom line. Well, at the end of the day, even the casual players are taking all this information in as much as we are. So every, they're just everyone's just taking it in their own way. Yeah. What were you saying, Scott? I think you were trying to jump in there. I would just say if you're, if you're casual competitive now, I'm not talking like super casual. If you're listening to this, you're at least casual competitive, I would hope. Mm-hmm. I would start practicing a little more hardcore. Because I just anticipate that the player influx that's going to come in is going to be a lot more TCG knowledgeable yeah. than, than uh, potentially was there before. So it, your advantage right now is that you have been playing the game since probably the beginning or at least for a while. And they haven't. But So just take advantage of that where you can. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there, there's definitely something to be said for the head start that people will have. And like you said, now people who just are, maybe we're on the fringe looking in, but enjoy games as a whole. I mean, Dan, you've mentioned it before that you were drawn in as part of the gameplay, not necessarily because of Transformers. And I expect that we're going to get a lot more people with that particular mindset where it's like, oh, there's this big tournament series. Hey, that looks like a cool game. Let me try it out. But they may not come in because they loved Optimus kind of thing. I'm here because of Scott Landis. His fault. <laughs> well, yes. well, we'll blame Scott for a lot of things, I guess. So, um, <laughs> so, any other thoughts, guys, on where you think the game, the landscape of the game, whether it's the actual competitive scene as a whole, tournaments, do you, do you, there was a bunch of stuff about limited, and we didn't really cover a lot of that, and we, we don't typically, but obviously that's part of the rule set. Any other thoughts you wanted to pitch in on this? No, I mean, the big thing for me is just going to be that, again, I don't feel this personally, but in areas where your store locations are sparse, 
you're it's going to be tough for you if there's multiple players in that area that you feel on your level or above for you to qualify so like mm. again my recommendation is to go to the big events yeah because that's I, I mean as weird as it yeah, i would do everything i could to go to to be honest with you the real recommendation is go to both of those things right yeah, right. if if you have the means, uh, then that would be probably in in your best interest. Yeah, because I just it, I I feel like honestly, it's going to be hard for people to qualify through the local thing, even if there's a dearth of them in your area, because that that means by definition there's a dearth of players in your area. Right. So just keep that in mind. I know it's, I made that point twice, but well, well, but it's, it's, it's worth one person. You know, right. it's not it's not like the top eight are getting in. It's one guy from every one of those events. So yeah, that's it. So like it's it, it like you were saying it's easier to get into Gen Con now or or Origins, which is fair to an extent. If if we only have like fifty people at Origins, then yeah, sure, sixteen out of fifty two. That's that's good odds. But for these events, if you have thirty people show up, you know, you're one in thirty chance of doing it. That that is worse yeah. odds. <laughs> it's that's worse a, odds yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's a big hill to climb depending on what your local scene looks like. Although to the other end, if you have if you're as fortunate as we are where we have everything locally, maybe everybody else qualifies and it passes down to you. I don't know. <laughs> Only no. if these people go to the good origin of Jenk. Yep. You should want yeah, to they, yeah, it's all gonna there there are a lot of variables here. <laughs> There's only three of us going, even though thirty seven people signed up for free passes to Origins, I guarantee thirty seven <laughs> people there, so Right, right. Three passes might incentivize it. it. It could get a few uh, heads to turn on that end. Um, so, any other thoughts on that before we move on to the the big show at the end of the year? Other than the fact that I'm extremely excited that we are going to have real competition now. Yeah, that's it. Scott, anything I mean, else? I'm not, I'm, not, okay. I'm not the type of person that says like, like I under like again. And Drew said this as well. I understand that some stores and some players needed this to quote legitimize it, but I didn't need this to legitimize the hobby, but I understand why some people look at it that way. Yeah. Because it's, you had a licensed game and I understand it's the same company or however that works. It's really complicated. Yeah. Um, so you, you don't have, you don't have those issues. Um, you don't have, I'm going to give you a piece of cardboard top eating an event like that. that may be some playable card, alternate art crap. Like that, you have to sell or something like that. Like it's real prizes. Yeah, wonder what he's um, talking about. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine what other game companies would possibly I, give out. I, I don't know. Like I that. don't know. Question marks. Yeah. You can see him over my head. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, uh, again, like, and I've seen this, and I've talked to people like this. Some people need this to legitimize it. Again, like I'm a fan of the IP. I'm a fan of the game. I've obviously been playing since day one, but like right. I understand that people did need this to legitimize it, to show that the game had longevity, to show that the game was quote being taken seriously. Again, that's up for debate. Um, well, before I'm not up for debate now. Um, right. So, I mean, it's extremely exciting for the longevity and for the health of the game. To me, like again, if I'm practicing to go to a tournament, like. I'm going to practice to go to that tournament no matter what it is. So, like, to me, it's just a harder level of competition. But, like, I was already taking it seriously to begin with, obviously. So, it was, you know, right. it is what it is from that perspective. But that, since you brought it up, the, the higher level of competition is actually, it, it may sound scary to people, but it's actually an additional positive for the entire endeavor 
for me, and I think you guys feel the same way, but correct me if it's not, that's part of the fun is going in and actually being tested, going in and actually trying to really work through a lot of the scenarios, a lot of the matchups against other good players, that raising the the skill level of everyone collectively, because now everyone's going to be more focused and putting in more effort. Not that people were, you know, didn't care before, but obviously now that there's more on the line, people are going to have a little more intent, a, a larger objective, and therefore skill levels are naturally going to go up. But it's the light at the end of the tunnel. This qualifies you for this, which qualifies you for this. I don't mm. care what the prizes are. It's that structure that people want. Yes. And, it, yes. That's, and that's the structure that's in place. So that's all that matters. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll completely agree with Scott on that one. Like, it's it's just the fact that we know that there's something to play for now, not just playing for the sake of playing. Mm. Um, like, I, 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 like Scott was saying about legitimize, and I, I kind of had said it offline about it. Um, you know, as, as a joke more than anything. Clearly, I'm all in on this game. I've been all in since PAX Unplugged. Mm-hmm. But the seeing this to this extent definitely made me feel like, okay, I made the right decision and started to play this game. Yes. Yeah, it's one of those arguments that I have heard it before in, in uh, we'll call it past lives for other games. It's been mentioned, as Scott was alluding to for this game, that it there it is a little something or, or a major something that puts it in people's minds that yeah this is a thing pay attention to it uh whereas yeah. before I, I i don't personally agree with it because i'm i kind of fall in the same spot as scott that i was going to be in on it anyway but it's there there's now the the official rubber stamp seal of this is a thing get at it right so yep. um from there let's talk a little bit about the big show the uh the super bowl for transformers tcg and that's the energon invitational at pax unplugged which all of the things that we've been talking about ultimately culminate in uh give me your first impression scott like would what are your initial thoughts when you both saw it and then now that you've digested it for a day <laughs> what do you uh, think I about it? i get to uber there so <laughs> <laughs> um all right. I mean, good talk. <laughs> no, I'm uh, kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's local for me. I mean, I'm trying to find the old WoW article I wrote when there was like a DMF in Philadelphia. It was awesome. Like what things to do in Philadelphia or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I was gonna go to that one. Then real life happened. I, that was the like the only one that I could have made. It really sucked. But anyway, that's I mean, a, <laughs> there was uh, I top four that event. Like, so I know that there was like a home field advantage to it. So that's why I'm excited. But honestly, like, mm. Pack Up Club is a great event. Yeah. Um. It's awesome that it's like obviously double the prize pool. It's awesome that it's imi- quote invitation. I know there's going to be last chance qualifiers. It's awesome that you get to create a card, yeah, um, which has been done in other games, uh, and that it's a character card. I think that's great. Um, it's great that there's prizes. It's great that it again like that you qualify for something like which is what is most exciting for me. And I'm sure the weekend will be for other events as well oh yeah that's Um, in the fine print one of the announcements that there's going to be ongoing other stuff to do yeah Um, it seemed like gen con too like we don't have a schedule yet because of some logistics but um i know that's like being finalized so yeah um i mean it's great i mean what honestly surprises me is that is that gen con and origins are half the size like i mean ten thousand to twenty thousand i mean like there's a lot of incentive to go to origins and gen con more to me because of that but like Mm. It's just, it's great that there is, like, a second level of competition and that the prizes are stepped up yeah. Um, in the finals. And it is such a unique prize uh, for first place. 
Absolutely. Do you feel the same way, Dan, or do, or do you have anything else to add on what your initial impressions or what well, you have like, now? Let's just, you know, how often in any other card game you ever played did you look forward to Nationals or Worlds? Pretty much. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that that's the end-all, be-all. Like, for us right now, the Energon Invitational, that's going to be our Worlds. Yep. And I, I look forward to that every year, whether, wherever the hell it was for any game that I ever played. So, like, the fact that we now, we have a date, we know what it is, we know how to get invited. That means I have the next six months to be excited about it. And I'm just, it's very, it's awesome that the, the entire way they structured it to how we're going to get there to the amount of players that can, you know, get invited. And I'm sure on that weekend, there's going to be last minute cues, like Scott said earlier. Yeah. So it, it's going to be one of those things where like, if you want to be in that event, then you need to come to all these other events to give yourself the best shot of doing so. Yeah. There's something to be said that, and we were talking about it earlier, that now it's, it's almost a tangible thing because now there's a schedule, there's a date, there's a target, there's something we're working towards as opposed to a hypothetical or, or potential. It's mm-hmm. exactly what you said, Dan, that now we can spend all, I know I'm going to spend all these months obsessing and trying mm-hmm. to be like, okay, well, it's coming. There's only, I'm going to count down the days and the weeks and the, and well, the, the months. The difference is that you want the toys. Well, yes, I'm most excited about whatever that <laughs> that toy that's ultimately going to be there. No, no, no. In all seriousness, let's call back to the, what Scott had mentioned, that one of the prizes, aside from money, which, let's be real, that's important too, uh, the fact that you get to design a character card is staggering to me. And my wife and I were talking about it. You guys both know her. Uh, even she got excited. And she's like, I want Bulkhead. We're making bulkhead. It's going to happen. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to start testing. Um, it, it's it's incredible to me that that prize is on the table. Well, even if you compare it to Magic, you know, which is also run by Watsy, obviously, you know, some of the best cards in Magic are player-created cards. Yes. So the thing that's awesome about that is the fact that you get to create this character that can be put into this game and there's a good chance that it's going to be a strongly playable character. So every time someone sits at the t- down at the table, they're going to be playing your character. That like, <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps. That sounds so cool. Like, it, that's <laughs> it awesome. It, it really does. It, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Normally I wait to read the chat, but wife is in there. She's screaming bulkhead. I needed that. You guys, I don't think you guys watch prime, but that's uh, a uh, recurring joke in there. But anyway, um, Dan, I know you said you're not, uh, you didn't initially come in as a, a transformers guy. Do you have somebody in mind just real quick <laughs> while we're on the subject? Well, so you were talking about just making like a bulkhead. Like my question would be like, can you actually create your own transformer? Well, no. bul- I doubt that. Bumble. Yeah, I'm sure that. it's in the terms. Right, well, then I would just most certainly make a Bumblebee card. Naturally. Mm. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> hey, it, it's popular, right? You gotta, you gotta be popular with the kids or something like that. I don't know. I like the last movie. Fair. Oh, that's, yeah, it was good. that's allowed. It was good. What about you, All Scott? Right. You got somebody in mind off the top of your head if you were to take it down? Yeah, I would make a Megatron that when life gets a little can't transform, has Galvatron on one side. That sounds completely on brand. <laughs> that sounds exactly like what I would have expected. And um, trans- its flippability will be deal 10 damage to something. Well, no, there's no flip. It's just it, Galvatron on one side, Megatron on the other. And when the Megatron side gets starts in play, can't flip. Well, all right, so at the start of every turn, you get to ping something. Sure. What I mean, whatever you, 
<laughs> yeah, he's not that concerned about the card text. That's not the important part here. <laughs> okay, fair. It That's fair. Direct damage. I guarantee it. Gotcha. Um, yeah. The, as a whole, I it, you guys were saying it earlier, but the the whole qualifier series culminating in this adds all, an air of legitimacy. To, not that it wouldn't be otherwise, but a a whole pomp and circumstance to it. And to me, it's very impressive from the, the prize structure to the actual tournament structure that this is the big show um, and it's worth playing for. Was there anything else you guys wanted to, to say about it initially, just about the idea as a whole? Uh, practice, start practicing now. <laughs> if there are other resources out there that might be available in other ways, you should definitely them where, where where could those be <laughs> what you can, you can check the links in the description below. <laughs> yeah you may you can check in with us later uh yeah. definitely check in with scott um <laughs> there there's gonna be there's a lot of homework to do now which it again to one of my earlier points it, it may sound scary but that that is the fun part doing this working with your teammates working with other people trying to test trying to get things you know and actually seeing if you can bring your ideas to fruition to me that that's a lot of fun. Oh, I mean, this, the other good thing is this opens up, like, I know, and people don't know this, but, like, behind the scenes, sometimes Vince and I can struggle for topics to talk about. This opens up such a plethora of them, it's, like, yeah. unreal. So, like, <laughs> yeah. stay tuned here. Like, what does it mean to be a team? How do you play test efficiently? Like, like things like that that, I guess, didn't matter as much before probably should be taken more seriously now. We'll probably be listened to by people that want to know that information now, so. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, Go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. I, I think we we generally put out the information so much and so often that a lot of times it get glossed over. But like now, it's almost like going back to ground zero because like the rule changes of sideboards and, and everything like that. So like we over the next like you know month are it's going to be so much information that we have to process and then deliver from us that it's like it, it's it's going to be insanity. Yeah. There's really so much going on on VectorSigma.info and on the YouTube channel. It's just, it's going to be nuts. Yeah, there, it's, the the volume of changes and the volume of implications is kind of staggering. It, as Scott was alluding to, sometimes we'll pre-show, you know, as we're prepping for things earlier in the week, we're going back and forth and like, okay, well, is this a worthwhile conversation to have? Is this actually going to last long enough? Then we'll turn around and, oh, well, there's 55 spoilers, so we're going to go six hours anyway. Um, right, the answer is always yes, it lasts. <laughs> yeah, no matter what, we can we can make it last, but um, it, it, there is a, it, we have had that conversation of, okay, well, what is a legitimate right. topic that we feel is worth bringing to people? And this opens a whole lot of doors on a number of different right. fronts. But Well, the good news is there will also hopefully be a lot more events to talk about. Well, that also, there's going to be a lot more things to dissect as well as a result of that. So, yeah. Um, but you kind of segued it nicely, Dan, when you had mentioned sideboards, which was yeah, the please. last on the list. But again, I'm sure we'll, we'll circle all these things back and have other thoughts as things remind us. But there are now officially sideboards, which is, again, it, I guess it came as a surprise to a lot of people. Um, but just for everybody out there who's not familiar, basically you have a separate set of cards, games two and three, you can change out cards from your battle deck and also one character that's 20 stars or fewer. You can have 10 battle cards or a quarter of your deck. 
have at it, guys. <laughs> like, are you actually excited about cyborgs? Would you have rathered if they didn't exist? I already know the answer, but for the sake of conversation. So I'll start. Mm. Um, there was a couple months ago where me and Mark wanted to talk about this forever ago, and Scott vetoed it immediately, which is probably a good thing. I'm not going to argue with him about it. <laughs> but um, 10 cards, I think, is a good number. For a 40-card deck, I, I think it's an okay number. Uh, I definitely wouldn't have won at 15. I think it's too many. No, no. And the character actually, it kind of, it, it it's perfect for this game. It makes a lot of sense, but it actually took me by surprise. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. actually prepared to have a character in my sideboard. I could see and I that. Think, I think that's where you're going to see a lot of differences in sideboards. I, I, I don't... I don't think there's just an easy out. Like, you know, I think a lot of people have jumped to Warpath or jumped to Asset Storm. And, like... Well, I mean, those are obvious glance, things, yeah. At first glance, they look right, but... So let's let's just open up 3-wide for a second. So if you open up 3-wide, you talk about 3-wide, and you talk about the Hot Rod version uh, with Tough. In the Hot Rod version, the first thing you do is attack with Hot Rod, right? So if you sideboard in Warpath to combat with, you know, Aerial Bots, for example, then... Who are you going to attack with first? Yep. Because, like, now you change all of your sequencing in the game. Yeah. It's not that simple, right? You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to side with him because his effect does this. Well, if you attack with Warpath first, then he's going to die very quickly, and your his effect's not going to matter throughout the game anyway, right? Yeah. So I, I think it's it's way more deeper than just, oh, I'm going to side with this guy because he turns off that deck. If he doesn't turn off, if, if the character doesn't turn off a deck for, you know, I don't know, a round or two, then I don't think it's worth sideboarding. So it's not going to be, as you said, quite as simple on the surface. It's not the old days, <laughs> and I may be dating myself, where it's like, oh, well, Karma's in the board, or Boil, or things like <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> These are cards in Magic that are simply put in people's sideboards in order to hose certain colors. I was about to get there, but <laughs> I was go I was yeah. going to explain it and then pitch it to Scott, but <laughs> Scott, have at it. So give me your initial thoughts on, on sideboarding and the fact that we now have it. I mean, you know I'm not a fan, but... Um, mm. Like I said, I knew the answers, but I want to hear it. <laughs> I mean, I think a big part of the strategic part of this game, especially with the introduction of green pips, is playing as tight of 40 cards as you can. I think sideboards are going to be a crutch for players. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, it, it brings in a whole new aspect of the game that I think... First of all, the star cards impact things tremendously. So, like, you could oh, technically sure. go up or down in your star cost of your current team and then add star cards to your deck to to make up the difference if there's really no difference in power level between but the star cards may make a difference yeah um i guess i guess how do i explain this there are there aren't in my opinion as it stands right now a lot of like silver bullet type battle cards i know um and drew echoed this in the, his interview like the secret actions some of them are extremely specialized so mm -hmm. And he even said, like, they designed cards in Wave 3 with cyborgs in mind, so I think it, it, it's hard to say now. Like, it'll expand more in the future, and I think right. I've already seen cards that we can, we'll probably talk about later that are part of that. Yes. Um, I think there's just... There are certain cards that some players just put in their decks and think that they're just universally good that I can't stand playing in most of my decks because they're necessary evils. Right. And now, all of a sudden, like, if I have the option of not playing them in my main deck, and my main deck becomes forty more, like just streamlined to the to what I want to do, 
um, it's going to be that, like, it's going to be, <coughs> I guess, that much smoother. I, I just have a fear, like, 10 cards in this game is a lot. Um, yes, I would agree with you there. It opens up a lot of things, like, transformational sideboards, like, you know, it's enough. It, it's a lot. Uh, it just, it, it's a little hard right now to, to really think, especially, like, in Wave 1 and Wave 2, like, how this is going to work. Like, we're going to have a new wave at the same time that we're going to have... Yeah, it's a lot to take in at basically the same exact time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it really just depends. Like, you have to really sit back and think, why Why was I ever playing this card? Why was I playing this card? Mm-hmm. And are there situations where it's going to be better if I had this card or this card? Like, and, and, and there are certain things that jump out to mind to me, like... <laughs> Like Decepticons are in a lot of hurt because press the advantage. Like that's a problem. Like in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some other easy. Like, like you know, I, I'm on record as saying like I can't stand playing cards like, ramming speed and vaporize, which is necessary. It's like, but you can put them in your sideboard if you really think that you're fearing some type of upgrade or something like that. Like you yeah. know, enforcement batons doesn't see a lot of play. It probably will see more play now out of sideboard. For example. Yeah, like there are there aren't a lot of but the the silver bullets in this game quote exist in certain matchups and aren't good in other matchups will simply improve and I don't have a, a like even off the top I don't want to I don't know all of them and I, I wouldn't feel right saying all of the like ones I'm just thinking of because I they're coming out of left field right of course but it, it takes a lot to like take it all in and stuff like that so there's. But, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, finish your thought. It's fine. Yeah, it's... I also kind of land in that camp uh, in the perfect world. It would be fine if there were no sideboards, but the reality is that I think the game will probably be better as a result uh, with the introduction of it. The... The quantity of cards, given that it's a quarter of your deck, I mean, in Magic, it's 15 cards, so, you know, the... I guess that's where it came from. Uh, it could have been anything. As Dan was saying, it didn't necessarily have to include a character card, and that really throws a wrench in all of this for me. Not in a good-bad way, but more in, a, in an assessment way that I just... It's not even been... Well, it's been a little over 24 hours, I guess. So uh, I, I haven't digested it completely as to what all the implications are, but all of the usual questions... And you guys have been playing games long enough, I'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers have as well, that whenever this sort of concept gets introduced, I think people don't necessarily understand how great of an impact it can have that at least half your games are going to be with a sideboard. Well, yes, everybody focuses on your game one, but you're going to have game two with a sideboard and then potentially game three with a sideboard. Things can change significantly depending on what your opponent does or what you're expecting or what you prepared for to your example scott if suddenly utilities are showing up you got to load up vaporize slash ramming speeds or if that matters but again due to the nature of the game maybe you can get around it without having to use those crutches one question i wanted to push to you guys is i know for me across a number of recent events i've been bouncing around between decks and i'm sure a lot of people do especially because well, we didn't have this before where it's okay, I need to hone my skills with a specific thing. Do you feel that this pushes people, now I'm going to play cars. 
I need to know cars inside out to begin with, but now I need to know all the sideboarding strategies. I need to know all this. Do you feel that that puts a greater emphasis on specializing with a specific build? Or do you think it's just, okay, it's just another thing and jump between stuff as you feel appropriate? Do you remember my point about how it's going to affect casual play? <laughs> yes, but <laughs> I wanted to bring it up because we're on the subject. <laughs> that, that This is this is that point, basically. Mm, yeah. Like, like, if you have limited opportunities to play, you're going to have to, in my opinion. So I agree with you. I don't know if you're actually taking a side. Yes. I well, yeah, yes, I do. Well, I do have a side. I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> yeah. articulated it in this scenario, but uh, do you, are you siding with Scott? Dan, do you think it's really going to push people? Okay, pick your deck, figure it out, and then you become an expert with deck A. Um, I don't know. I I, I spent the entire wave two playing a different deck at every event. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because I wanted to learn all the decks. I, I I don't know. I don't know if I like me as a player if I have to choose a deck to to just hone in on and only play that deck. I. I don't know if this, if this if this rule affects that. I don't know. That's a tough call. I mean, it obviously is going to put greater emphasis. You know, there are more things to know in general. So putting that aside, um, to me, I feel like, yeah, it's going to... To Scott's point, if you're not going to necessarily have as many opportunities, you got to make the most out of those opportunities. So for me, personally, I know I'm going to... I always have a thousand decks. I need to... To actually focus on one or i'm not i'm gonna sit down and go wait what is my sideboarding plan when do i want yeah. to sequence things yeah no i can see that i think the, the 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 thing that i'm more worried about is kind of going back to the sequencing thing of of your game two and three with your new character yeah like if you build in that character you now have to know that there's a new way to play your deck and i think those games are going to be very important so like it's just just whatever random character you decide to board in, like, you have to... You're going to have so many awkward scenarios now because you're going to see, like, these weird games of, like, characters that had never you've never played with or haven't had a lot of time to play with them. Right. So it, it's just one of those things that that's, that's what's most intriguing to me is, like, how are we going to... How, how are the new sequences going to work with these sideboarded characters? Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's definitely going to be a whole obviously a whole slew of new scenarios as a result of this and it's definitely going to be interesting to watch again the evolution whether it's over the the season we'll call it or even the the local environment of a given event and whether people adjust to that scenario or they stick with whatever game plan they came in with um to circle it back scott any other thoughts on sideboarding in general that you want to put out for the populace or how you feel it's going to impact our beloved game I'm not ready to come. I'm just not. You're not <laughs> ready. What? I couldn't quite hear you. <laughs> I'm not really. Re- I don't have enough. Inf- I haven't really. I wouldn't feel right. Like putting, that, that, that's. I think that's perfectly acceptable. I mean, there's. <laughs> there haven't been enough hours to really tackle this in its entirety at this stage. But it, it's such a significant sweeping change. Um, I mean, I have two. I have two weeks to digest it with no practice in the current environment, and then. Two weeks after that, I could turn around and practice it with an entirely new set to get ready for whatever else is going to be going on. So it is a it's going to change mm-hmm. anyway once all the siege cards come out because like I can I can clearly see that there's sideboarded cards and siege that will be different than the way that they are right now for sure. 
it's and I, I think, and I think this actually honestly like this allays a lot of my fears about like sw- like the swap parts thing to be honest with you well what's like, that if I had fear well I mean I had fears for example that the combo was just going to exist again with the with the little micromaster guy and mm. now you can sideboard the card that like spoiler we might talk about this later um <laughs> that like takes away st- like takes away stealth or something like that so you can just kill that guy right away yeah so like and and clearly they knew this and that's why the only act they took now it makes way more sense like I only swap parts was banned because right. clearly there was no answer to all of that um in the moment yeah so that we knew of but now, are you like, saying that they planned this ahead like are... <laughs> They that they know what they're doing. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like they know what they're doing. I mean, the only thing I guess I'm surprised about is, and I don't know that there's a way you could avoid this, but you've had, if you count all the starters and everything, like there's there's been like let's just say six releases. Mm. Two of them are heavily focused on automatically giving you a 25 star team that you really can't sideboard a character with. And yes, we're gonna have a sideboard that features a character. Like this, I think that kind of puts those those strategies at a disadvantage, unless they're so much more above the power curve without having to do that. Like I already said to somebody, "Yep, I'm gonna play my uh my Aerobots deck and sideboard Omega Supreme because what? <laughs> because who cares? Like, you know, like, I'm gonna, <laughs> Fair. I'm not gonna side out one of the aerial. You know, so mm. that um, I think that's I think that's a weird thing. Like. You can't sideboard the Metro Plus. Can't sideboard Combiner Team. It's just a little weird, I guess you would say. Yeah, um, it it does. When you put it like that, it does seem a little bit odd. Although, I'll be honest, I'm not sure how else they could address it. Like, if you're playing Aerial Bots or Insert Combiner Team, I mean, you're playing the team. <laughs> it it, it just I, feels like I, that's yeah. part of the decision. Like it, It's almost as though... In any other game, if you chose to play a certain faction or something and therefore got these cards as a result or access to this resource as a result, you only get it when you go that route. So that's why the deck building decisions went that way. It does feel weird that this is outside of that. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I see where you're coming from. So, you know. That's weird. Yeah, and I agree with you. That does kind of stand out on end. One thing I wanted to, to ask you before I pitch it back to Dan was you had mentioned I agree with you that it just there's a lot of stuff although would you agree that I guess there's not really a better time to do this it, it they got it clearly they're they're announcing all this stuff it's got to come out now would it have made any sense to I guess do sideboards months ago sort of thing other than preparing people giving people more time to prepare for origins I guess not yeah, I mean, it's, it, clear I didn't... Me that, it's clear to me that this set is going to be very in all ways, shape, or form. So, like, this is... It, it's it's obvious to me, from a business perspective, that Waves 1 and 2 are proof of concept. And now it's like, it's not even... It's probably only Wave 1 was proof of concept. Wave 2 was continuation. And, and like, it was already known during Wave 1 it was a success. So mm. we know, like, this is... I can't I can't remember... I'm in a game other than probably just the initiation of the tour, the game zero to 60 like this in one set with all the stuff. It runs. So yeah, which in fairness, it's wizards, the coast. Well, yeah. 
I mean, because there's something to be said there, yeah. So, like, you know, it's either part of the design feature, or it's not, mm. and it can be really hard without the backing of a lot of the stuff to go from zero to six in one set. So impactful. I mean, I guess like in, I guess like when rotation was first introduced in some of these games, that might have been part. Of it. That's usually gradual. Um, right. It might have been more shocking when that happened. Like shocking that happened. Mm-hmm. When the game changed company hands and things like that, I guess that's an unforeseen circumstance. But in games I've played competitively, this is one of the most exciting and shocking things to me all at once for a new set and these rules and this tournament and series and all this stuff happening around a set's release. So. Right. I, I think I'm in agreement with you there. There, there are very few examples at this magnitude that I can recall, well, really none at this magnitude, maybe a few that are approaching it, but I would call them distant seconds at best. Um, it's a lot of things to take in. It's a, but as Dan mentioned, it's wizards. Like they, they have seen it, I guess, seen and done it all to some extent for a lot of these things. They have nothing left to prove, right? Yeah, exactly. So they, there's a level of confidence coming in that you can say, okay, well, they made this decision. I, I'm, I'm willing to dare I say what was that pretentious dare I say <laughs> they uh they, I can give them the benefit of the doubt um is where I'm going with it so uh Dan like I said I want to hand it back to you any other thoughts on sideboards how it's going to affect things or um just in so general? Go to introducing sideboards now uh at the very least I'm considering us that are going to origins the guinea pigs uh-huh uh, so if there are any rule changes or anything like that that have to occur, then they're going to have time to do it before Gen Con. Um, and hopefully we give them enough information to make any of that changes if they need to, whether it's time limits, etc. Right. Um, other than that, a lot of what Scott said is, you know, it's 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 pretty point on. A lot of what you said is pretty point on. Um, I just... I, I, think, uh, I, I think sets one and two, like Scott said, the... Um, you know, there, there's no silver bullets, or there's not enough silver bullets. And then on top of that, the way the game works itself, there's no guarantee that if you board these three cards in, that you're going to draw them anyway. Like, unless it's a green, which we know what all the greens are, and most of the greens see play in main decks, etc. Mm-hmm. None of those cards are necessarily silver bullets, you know? Like, like yes, Espionage is a silver bullet, I guess, against combiners if you know they have an Enigma in hand. Um, but, like... Boarding in three ramming speeds, it doesn't mean you're going to draw a ramming speed to affect the outplay of the game, right? Right. So that's where the character comes in. The character is the key part. The character's in play. It starts in play. You get to use that. So that's why whatever the character you decide to choose to change your deck, that's what's more important to me right now in the current first two sets because that you know you're going to get something at the very least out of that character. I think that's a reasonable point. Yeah, we're more than reasonable. That that's, uh, I mean, that's the way coming into way back when for Wave One that had drawn me in to some extent. I mean, aside from them being Transformers, it's also well, I'm starting in play with things, and I know mm-hmm. those. I'm guaranteed to see them literally every game, which for me was a, as you said, in other games and even previously, if you're not guaranteed to see any specific battle card you're guaranteed to see your character so that that was always a, a positive thing for me uh yeah. and i agree with you that 
that's going to be huge. Off the top of my head, I kind of agree with Scott. I am a little, I'm reeling a little bit myself as to, okay, well, what exactly will this mean other than some of the more obvious implications? Yeah, I, I mean, I just think, you know, if you're going to have a best of three game, I, I think you need sideboards. You know, like we came from WoW, where for the better half of WoW, it was one game matches. So, like, you didn't need a sideboard because it didn't exist. But, like, in this game, if we're going to root for best of three, then I don't understand why you wouldn't want to root for a sideboard as well. I think there are some, some arguments against it. Uh, I think, but as I said before, or at the beginning for this segment, I think overall the game will be better for it. Even if I personally, like, like me, the human, as playing the game, I would prefer to not have to. But as a whole for, like, actually improving the game, I can kind of take, take a step back and say, I legitimately think this will improve the game. Yeah, I, I've always agreed with Scott that deck building is key, and you know I, I I think Scott's an incredible deck builder. So you know he's always able to play that 39th, that 40th card and know what he wants. But in the same sentence, I can guarantee you Scott's going to know what he wants the sideboard to be as well. So of course, you know it it, it is going to be an advantage to that type of player as well. It's not like it's taking anything away from deck building. It's just another level to deck building. I agree with that. It. it... There is, and I think, Scott, you had said it earlier, there's a potential that they could become a crutch, but it is another set of skills, both constructing the sideboard as well as utilizing it. Yes. And there it is, folks. Um, <laughs> the Godfather. So, yep. As, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So those were the at least the high-level the high level topics that we had set out initially. Um Anything else you guys wanted to revisit or cover now that we've gotten through all of the major points? Go to these events, play yeah. competition, have fun. I can't wait to meet as many people as I possibly can at these events. I'm excited. Yeah. I will, you, Origins, oh, I will be at Origins, I will be at Gen Con, and I know Scott will be for sure. I think, Vince, you're, you're going to be at Gen Con most likely. Gen Con is looking good. Origins, I have uh, family stuff I got to do, unfortunately, and that was months ago. That I think okay. Scott had mentioned it earlier. I just wish we knew sooner. But right. uh, I'm right. glad we have it now. So don't take right. that as like being really upset. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, you know, and I know Mark's going to be at Origins. Palmer will not be. Palmer might, Palmer's going to be at Gen Con, though. So, like, it, it's it's exciting for us to get out and meet, you know, our subscribers on YouTube and our fans of the of the webpage. So, like, even just to meet people in person is just going to be a good time. Yep. That's that's 100% true. I'm looking forward to all of the events and all the games that are going to happen. Uh, what about you, Scott? Anything that you wanted to revisit or any other points that you wanted to bring up? No, this is only the beginning. So, like, I would definitely stay tune to everything here to expect more information over the next months and just ongoing now at this point oh of course as you were saying earlier now it's <laughs> there is a wealth of content we're drowning in potential content because of all of these things that are coming up and a whole new outlooks it, one our way to, worst our worst enemy is time yeah it, it's really just going to be can how much can we crank out at high quality in the time yeah. frame that we have um, it, it's one way that we, I don't think we had s explicitly said it earlier, but 
the addition of these things gives you whole new ways and breathes new life potentially into cards, decks, strategies that you may not necessarily have had before, similar to the way a new set may elevate cards from previous sets, and now all of a sudden they're a thing you want to utilize. Um, and I think that's worth looking into as we move forward. That Yeah, it's even to the extent of going back and looking at cards that you were like, that card will never make a 40-card deck, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it might make a 50-card deck. Right. There, there, There's a lot of new scenarios where things might have their time in the limelight. Yeah. So, Computer sabotage is not one of them. What was that? <laughs> Computer sabotage is not one of them, whatever that card is. The the one that they discard down to three? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see that happening. Uh, that one, yeah, there, there might... Uh, it, I only remembered it because it has my boy Tailgate on there, but um, it yeah, that one... I'm not expecting a whole lot of uh, emphasis to be placed on that one going forward. But I've been wrong before, so (laughs) we'll see. Um, Any, did you guys, just as a a quick closing thing, I know this only was shortly before the recording, but anything that you wanted to call out that was exciting to you or jumped out at you from the floor rules? Or do you want to save that for a later discussion? I have to say that for a later discussion. I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. I have to say that for a later discussion. That's the, only thing I'll say, the only thing I'll say is, how do I explain this? Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> given the high-level competition that we've already mentioned that's going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, uh, play methodically, play relatively quickly. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, like we said, this could be somebody's only shot. If you're at one of these conventions, there's going to be prizes immediately on the line that are going to matter. Um, and now that there's a rule in place that for like a lot of things that may have been allowed to slip through the cracks, they're not going to slip through the cracks anymore. Yes. There, <laughs> I, I, a, I'm not, that's not a threat. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's a very long, very detailed document that... I mean, I'll I'll openly admit I haven't gone through every last sentence of it thoroughly, but it, it's pretty thorough. <laughs> it covers. Yeah. If you thought of it, it's probably in there. So, um, mm-hmm. anything immediately that jumped to you, Dan, or do you want to uh, hold off for now? Um, no, I, I, I'm I'm good to to wait on that one. That's fair. Yeah, they as I just said, it's a long document. There's a lot to digest in there as well, on top of all of the things that we just went over. So. I think we managed to do it, believe it or not, more quickly than our usual episode. So Dan is the catalyst here to, to keep us from uh, from rambling too long. <laughs> I, I am glad to be that catalyst. Yes. <laughs> well, we I appreciate you coming on, Dan. Thank you again, Dan, from, uh, from Hot Shots fame, <laughs> we'll say. Um, Speaking of which, if you're watching this video as opposed to doing the audio, there's a sweet new logo up there for Hot Shots. Did you want to say anything about that, Dan, as we're closing up? Yeah, we, um, we're going to cover it in our episode next week. We uh, shouted out our, our artist that did it for us. It was really nice of him. Um, and it's just it's uh, just a new look for us. Um, it's just, you know, wanted to change something up for, for OP. Awesome. So definitely check out uh, the, well, Hot Shots is a regular thing. If you're listening to this, you probably know who they are. And if you don't, you should go learn. So um, 
definitely check that out. Uh, one last call. Anything else you guys wanted to bring up before we close up shop? Nope. I'll take that as a no. So, uh, all right, everybody. As always, we appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And please tune in next time for more Random Thoughts.